The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 11th chapter. When John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or should we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing. Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written. Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. This is the gospel of the Lord. We live in a time, don't we, when folks are easily offended. They are easily offended at the smallest thing. You say the wrong thing, you have the wrong idea, and they can tell you, oh, I cannot believe you said that. That's terrible. And they feign all sorts of the sky is falling chicken littleness about the whole thing. It's kind of a trump card in an argument, especially if you're a younger person. If you are debating an issue of any sort, it doesn't matter the type. And that person finally is backed into a corner and they say, well, I'm offended you said that. They win. <laughs> That's how you win an argument if you were born in the last 40 years. You just say you're offended and the other side has no choice but to wash their hands and give up. We are the generation, me and mine, that had these things invented, safe spaces and trigger warnings. And if you don't know what those things are, God bless you, stay that way. It's a terrible thing. Well, I'm going to throw them at you anyway. A safe space is a place where you can go, and the rules for that space are you can't talk about certain subjects in that space lest you be offended, lest you offend somebody. Trigger warnings, if you have a streaming service, you might have noticed this before a few shows or movies, if you're trying to watch them. At the beginning, when they're doing the, all of the credits and whatever in the title, they also have trigger warning. There are guns in this movie, and that might offend some of our viewers. Well, coddled children grow up to be, wouldn't you expect it, adults that expect to be coddled and everything. Who should really be surprised by this? So there's a common mentality, if I'm offended, I should get to be exempt. I should get to have the rules changed in my favor, I should get special treatment. Jesus said to John the Baptist's messengers, blessed is the one who is not offended by me. You heard in the third lesson, the gospel lesson. There have always been people who have been offended by Jesus. They hear his name, they hear anything about him, and they get upset. Long before millennials were even a thing, before we were even born, there have been folks that get upset at the mere mention of his name. And it's always been different reasons, but you can generally categorize them into one of two camps, popularly. Some people, they get upset at what they think is the archaic, old-fashioned morality of Jesus. You see, they understand, and they are right, that Jesus equals Christianity equals the Bible. 
And so when they hear what the Bible and Christianity have to say about certain moral issues, they get upset. They get offended. They get angry at Jesus. The most common one, it seems, in our day, but if you read enough church history, you discover it's always been this way, is issues that do surround sex and sexual morality. Something that is warned against so clearly, so consistently in the Bible, there are people that want to change it. They want to erase it. They want to adapt it to fit their lifestyle. Today, it's particularly popular to get upset at what Jesus and His Word, the Bible, have to say about duties and vocations. What men and women owe each other. What children need to do. People get offended and upset. When what the Bible says about money and what we are to do with the money that the Lord has given to us. They hear these things. They read these things. And they understand in the Bible they come from Jesus. And so they are, in the face of hearing them, offended. Offended by Jesus. The second camp is also a very real one too. It is people who are offended by Jesus because they are offended at the very notion that they need a Savior. The very idea that they have sins, things they've done wrong, that God needs to fix for them, you must be joking. They are themselves blind, not in their eyes, but blind in their hearts to realize how bad before a holy God they truly are. They do not see themselves as being a poor, miserable sinner. And if they were to hear us say that, they would say, I can't believe you think so low of yourselves. I am not poor. I am not miserable. I am not a sinner. I have no culpability before God. And with that view of themselves, they look at the cross. And once they find out what we actually believe happened on it and trust in what happened on it, they scoff even more. How offensive that God's Son should die for me when I don't even need it. There are many reasons and probably more categories than I've considered just in this brief outline, but the fact is there are many people in this world, and there always have been, who see the eternal Son of God and they scoff. They hear the name Jesus Christ and they are offended. Now, this thinking, of course, people that hear Jesus' name people that hear his word and who are offended by him, we know, right? I'm speaking to the choir. That's obviously, obviously a foolish thing to do, a foolish way to be, right? Yeah, you should think about your response. If you've, ever, if you've ever had a special millennial in your life who wants the world to walk on eggshells around him or her, and they say that they're offended by this, that, or the other, you've probably at times shrugged your shoulders and said, so what? You're offended. Lots of us get offended all the time. What do you want? What does it change, right? Imagine someone who opens up the electricity bill, sees the number in the bottom right, and they say, oh, I'm offended by that. You still got to pay it. Sorry. You could be offended all you want. And so many people, they expect to be given into, but to think about it, the trouble with giving into people who have played this card, I'm offended, give me my way, is that it just reinforces the very, very dangerous and foolish idea that that sort of thing works with God, right? If the authority figures in your life, your parents, your teachers, your boss, the government, everybody, if you can just figure out a way to manipulate them to get what you want, you will categorically think that you can do the same thing with Almighty God and His Word for you and what you need from Him. 
We remember from catechism, I hope, even if you don't remember the word, you remember the concept that God is immutable. Immutable. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is a constant thing, and he's not some sort of schizophrenic that thinks this one time and this over here, and it just bounces back and forth. No, when Moses asks the Lord in the bush, what's your name? God just says, I am. I am God. That's what you need to know about me. And moreover, on top of that, God doesn't lie. He doesn't tell one group of people one thing over here, and he doesn't tell another group the opposite thing over here. Otherwise, if you think about it, how could we even trust anything that comes from his mouth or his word if he is known to be a liar? And so, knowing that he is immutable, and knowing that he doesn't lie, we can have this certainty. God's law doesn't change. His morality doesn't fit just the current generation and get changed and adapted for the next one. And moreover, not lying, his wrath can be real. We can know it to be real. He says it's there over sin. He says there is a hell for people that do not believe in Jesus Christ. He's not lying. And what's more on top of all of this, in spite of what people might think about their need for God's help, We are indeed poor, miserable sinners. We are a dying, sinful people according to our natural nature. And we must be saved by His grace or we cannot be saved at all. So all of these things all together, there's all the more reason not just to not be offended by Jesus Christ, but to be glad to know Him, glad to believe in Him, glad to love Him and His Word. You see, with his morality, with his commandments, with his law, God is not just some sort of naggy hall monitor in high school or someone who has to, a teacher that has to sit in there for their, you know, off hour to monitor the study hall and just gets like, shh, quiet whenever someone makes a noise. That's not God with his rules. But rather, God has given his his law for our good so that we may have safety, joy, peace, and happiness in this life that he has blessed us with. And what's more, we know in the catechism again that he promises every blessing for those who love him and keep his commandments to them and the generations that follow. He sees we are doing the best we can and he will in his own ways, even if it's not perceivable to us, bless us through that. And on top of that, life even works better. It works so much better when we follow his laws just from a mechanical point. If I do this, I can see how this actually does play out better for me. It is better for me and my home and my family when I live according to his word about chastity, saving what God has given to me for my spouse. It works so much better for me, my home and my family and society when fathers lead benevolently in their own home. Wives love their husbands and respect them and children follow obediently. That is God's law and when we live by it, we are so blessed and we can see the blessings of those that do. And yes, as to the sinfulness, owning our sin, whether it's generally just being a poor miserable sinner according to my nature or the particular sins that I struggle with, either today or habitually or the memory of them. It is painful. It is embarrassing. 
But that pain and embarrassment holds absolutely no candle to the joy, glory, happiness, and peace of having owned those sins, owning even more my Savior Jesus Christ, who died and rose to forgive them. Such is the blessing for people who love Jesus. The blessing of people that believe in Jesus and trust in Him for their hope, their life, and salvation is a glory and of a magnitude beyond all compare. What a poverty to want to live an offense at Him. What a poverty to live an offense at His Word and what He has done and told us to do. I would rather be blessed. I would rather be blessed than you too to love the Lord, hear His Word, and not stumble over our dear Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.